Well, hello, everyone. It is the Interesting People I Know podcast with Carrie Freitas. It is, I'm going to say March 20th. It feels like there's no time and space right now. Um, I'm coming at you live from my couch. I've got dogs and cats wandering. I've got family here. You may hear lunch preparations in the background. This is very real. And um, although it seems super surreal, I think to everybody, um, including me, I um, really can't even believe the position we're all in right now and the world that we're navigating. Um, I'm going to say at the top of it that I'm super proud of all of us for doing what we need to do in this time and being responsible based on um, the governor of California yesterday announcing a safe at home or safer at home. I think it's kind of like a shelter in place um, order for the state. And we knew that was coming. I'm actually really um, without getting too political, which I may do later in this podcast, I I have to forewarn you and you can tune me out then. Um, I'm really proud of, of Newsom for calling this order because I think above all, we've got to stay safe. We have to stop and um, the virus in its tracks as much as we can. Although I know the cats are already largely out of the bag um, when it comes to coronavirus here in California and across the country. I'm, I'm finding it a little hard to believe that um, we don't have a more national order and or that some states are you know, seemingly, even though they may not be as impacted yet, Um, are kind of pretending this isn't happening, which I think is an interesting um, form of denial and one that we don't have the luxury of of taking right now. Um, And again, I've, you know, had a lot of great denial moments in in my life. Um, They've never served me well um, long-term, but, you know, I get it. It's a human emotion and and hopefully, um, you know, our lawmakers can can rise above that and and do what's best for the people. Uh, That's my prayer and my wish and um, hopefully you share it. Well, um, I did an exercise last night. Um, I mean, also I've been exercising, which I'm super proud of myself because as y'all know, I believe in the benefits of exercise. I don't always love it. It's not like I'm like, oh, I can't function without my, you know, weight training. But um, I know it's important for my body and it's responsible. And especially now during this time to stay healthy. So um, Jeannie and I, my 18-year-old daughter, have been doing workouts in the garage and it's been Great. So I'm trying to keep that up. I hope you guys are, are all um, doing some form of movement, meditation, breathing, you know, eating as nutritiously as you can, because um, it's important for us to stay healthy. Um, I will say um, I've seen a lot of, of talk about the COVID-19 and the pun being like, as in the freshman 15, you know, gaining weight while you're in um, this kind of safer at home or shelter in place um, state of affairs. Uh, let me just say that um, I think the last thing we all need to be worried about is gaining weight right now. Um, if you're diabetic or have some other condition where, you know, a few extra pounds is going to cause you some kind of health uh, ramification near term, you know, I get that. Um, but I would argue that, you know, right now, if you want some extra cookies, you get a little extra padding on your body. That's the least of your concerns. So I just want everyone to not have another stressor on their plate. So let's not worry about gaining weight right now. Um, that to me seems very like vain and fear-based and vapid and not pertinent. So, sorry, that sounded really judgy, but um, let's not worry about that. Why are we worried about gaining weight right now? Let's just worry about staying alive, connecting with people, the economy, supporting local business. You know what I mean? Bigger, bigger fish to fry, folks. 
Um, so think twice before you post that COVID-19 um, weight gain thing, at least if I'm following you. I won't publicly shame you, but you're, you're going to know what I'm thinking. Okay, so last night I did the exercise um, of writing a list of things that I want to remember about this time um, after this time is over, which I had been talking to Murphy in the pre-show. He's listening in, but, um, you know, he's remote. We're social distancing, um, but we're doing it. We're getting extra credit because he's literally like a mile away. So I don't know how many gold stars we get for this amount of distance, but, you know, give it to us. Um, we'll take it. When we see you next. Um, but I wanted to create a list of things about this time. Again, we're early days here, but that I'm already experiencing some shifts and some insights. And I wanted to remember these things after it's over and not just go back to business as usual. I mean, I would love business as usual because we need to make money. And that's one thing that's definitely keeping me up at night is owning a small business that relies on small businesses for its income and having employees it's, is another level of stress that you may identify with, you may not, but um, it is very real. So sleeping, not as much, but um, thankful for a job still to, to the extent that we have it. Very thankful. So here's the list of things so far um, about this experience, what it's brought to light for me um, in hopes that, you know, one, it could inspire some hope, um, some gratitude in you, um, some further insights, and then also a conversation. Um for now, I really need, and hopefully in this time, to start a website based around this podcast so we can interact more. But for now, interact with me on social media, Facebook at Carrie Con Williams, um, and then on Instagram at Carrie Stork. So many names, and none of them have Freitas in it yet because I haven't gotten around to the name change. Um, okay, so without ever more further ado, here's the start of my list. Uh, number one, I realized during this time that I'm spending much more time with my family. And we're all joking about the little things maybe that are bugging you about, um, you know, your husband or your kids. And again, I don't have tiny kids right now. So um, that's a whole different layer and level of um, patience and grace that I want to give to all those mamas because I remember those days. They were hard enough as it was. Um, being able to go out to the playground and have them in school for part of the day or daycare or a nanny. Um, and so those moms are heroes right now too. And so I want to, I want to um, acknowledge that. And um, one thing I've noticed with an 18 and 20 year old um, and my husband here is that I have been so caught up in work um, that I just haven't spent enough time with my family. And I think that this goes back to when they were little um, cause I have worked, you know, um, always. And I didn't even take maternity leave with either kid. I just, I started work pretty much the next day again. Um, and I've realized I haven't prioritized spending time with my family. And even if we do get on each other's nerves, you know, what a gift this time is, um, you know, all joking aside about the way my, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, the way my husband's shoes is driving me crazy, which I can totally understand. Or, you know, the way this is happening, but I think we can all, as we, you know, um, think about it more um, deeply. This is such a, a gift of this time with our kids and our, and our loved ones, whether it's extended family, whether, you know, you're sheltering in place with, you know, your parents, um, obviously your spouse or partner. Um, I'm just really thankful for this time with my kids and, you know, even just like sitting around and talking. I mean, those are the kind of moments where um, remember, you know, a lot of us used to say, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to stop driving carpool ever. Um, because a lot of times 
you know, that's when your kid or the kids in the carpool tend to talk to you more because they're in kind of a, they're a captive audience. Um, and I think that that paradigm holds true for this time. You know, you're home a lot and really cool, deeper conversations are going to bubble up just naturally. And what a blessing it is to get this insight into your loved ones and to feel the love from them, give love on them extra during this time. Um, we'll never get this time back. And even though there's a lot of fear and um, unknowns right now, I think what we all can know is that we're loved, we're not alone, and that, you know, we need to really make the most we can of this time. And this doesn't mean, um, you know, we have to, like, um, engineer deep conversations or, you know, we have to be the best homeschooling parent ever or um, we have to ad- adhere to a schedule. You know, any of that that works for you, you do. But just, you know, give yourself grace, but just be open to those moments that are happening, I think, daily to connect with your people on a deeper level. Um my second part of my list, my second thing is that I can actually cook. I mean, I knew this before because when I was, um, gosh, I think when I was 11 and 12, my stepmom at the time um, assigned me cooking duties for the family of five because my dad was working. She was going back to school and the cooking fell to me. And so I used to specialize in like three to five ingredient meals um, from this little cookbook that was on like a ring, you know, like a little note card and next cards. And, you know, it was a lot of casseroles. Um, a lot of cream of onion soup was used, a lot of cream of mushroom soup, a lot of rice and chicken. Um, but I learned how to not like cooking during that time because it was a chore. And I was like only 11 or 12 and putting dinner on the table every night for a family of five, like at, at that age, trying to do homework and be a kid is a chore. So, at that time, I learned not to like it. But now that I have to cook more, we're in here together in this house. Um, I don't want to go out a bunch. I, I am doing as much as I can to take out and deliver um, from local small businesses. Not as many chain restaurants. Um, small chains are okay, but I'm trying to support local small business, especially restaurants and eateries, because those are, one, the backbone of our community. Two, they deserve our help. They always get back to us, right, when we're asking for um, giveaways and things for our school fundraisers. Um, and you know, they're also the backbone of my business. So, um, I'm trying to give them as much business as I can, but I also do want to cook. So I've actually made kumquat marmalade this week. I had kumquats on my tree. I felt like a pioneer woman, um, which again, for a lot of people, they're like, Oh my God, Carrie, not even close. I'm not churning butter. Obviously I'm not putting the cows out to pasture. I'm not mucking the stalls. I mean, you know, I'm here in Newport. Um, but, you know, I am enjoying cooking and it feels good on some kind of like elemental level to like make something with my hands, watch a cook, appreciate the process, be creative with the things I have in my pantry and refrigerator and freezer, and then to see my family enjoy it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I love getting the validation when they're like, wow, you cook this and this is like really delicious. Um, for a lot of moms that are always cooking, um, one, I give you all the praise and two, you know, you may not be getting this kind of validation from your family because they're used to it, but I guess that's one of the silver linings of being either like an acknowledged non-cook, um, or just a, um, a shitty mom in that area <laughs> before is that I'm getting validation for cooking, but I actually am enjoying it, um, both internally and externally. So, um, I am happy about that and I don't want to forget that when this time is passed. Um, my third uh, item was that. You're talking on the phone. So when you're a publicist 
Um, you learn even at an, like when I started in publicity right out of UCLA, I went up to San Francisco and worked at a big PR firm. And at that time, there was like no internet for business. Um, and we had to pitch stories to media and of course, talk to our clients, et cetera. So all I did all day was talk on the phone. And um, I was loath when I got home to want to talk more on the phone. And that just, just you know, continued and built on itself. Um, now that I'm like 27, 28 years in the business, it's like the last thing I want to do is pick up the phone. So a lot of my friends who thankfully have stuck through, you know, with me through all these years, um, had know this about me. They're like, just, you just don't call Carrie or you do. And she'll like get back to you, but please just text her or email her. Right. And now that I think about that, how rude is that to set that boundary with your friends? Um, and I'm not even talking on the phone that much at work anymore because it's mostly email. So um, I've really revisited it during this time. And I've had friends, um, in fact, a, a really dear friend of mine from UCLA just reached out to me on Instagram and was like, can we schedule a phone call? And I'm like, yes. Oh, my gosh, that would be just beautiful. And I had a Zoom conference call with a new client um, earlier this week. And like I, when the phone rings, I get excited. Um, and I feel like I forgot about that, how important voice to voice is. Um, and, you know, in person, even better when we can do that again, right? Um, but I actually like talking on the phone. And I don't want to not give, you know, that kind of time um, to my friends and family and clients. Like, how ridiculous of me just to let everything ring to voicemail for the past whatever years. Um, that seems very isolationist and also rude. So learning, a lot of learning going on right now. Um, fourth, I love my home. Um, and granted, this is coming from a place of privilege um, and first world lifestyle, right? So yes, I live in Newport Beach. I do have a beautiful house. Um, you know, I think, uh, as I said in my, my Facebook post, you know, all I have done is really work my ass off for this crazy super, I think, I don't even know if it's a super jumbo, it might be a super, super jumbo, nothing compared to a lot of houses here, but like, it's a lot of money. That's why I've never taken maternity leave or, or, or pumped the brakes ever on work. Because it's just, you know, and again, I'm lucky to live here. I'm lucky to be able to make a living. But this house has been somewhat burdensome financially, especially through the the last crisis. Um, but, you know, I've never, like, stopped to enjoy the house. Like, I've just been like, I got to have this house um, without even appreciating why do I have to have this house? What do I like about it? How is the hard work paid off? You know, do I appreciate these different pieces of furniture? Do I appreciate the yard? Do I love that tree? Do I want those flowers? Like, I've just been having my head down, nose to the grindstone, not even appreciating the home that I've worked so hard for, for my family. And so now I'm like, well, I'm here. And I've been working from home for, for years and still didn't even look up from the floor, pretty much. I mean, or the computer. So now I'm like, oh, noticing this, noticing that. Like, wow, what a, what a comfortable space this is. I like the way the light's coming through the window. I'm so thankful to have a backyard so maybe I can take that call outside or sit in the sun if it's sunny um, or watch the rain. Um, and so I'm learning appreciation. And as part of my gratitude practice to be like, you know, this house is beautiful. I am lucky. We are sheltering in place or safer at home or whatever the verbiage is um, where we aren't all in one room. You know, we're not, you know, like a lot of people are, we actually have a home and shelter, which a lot of people don't. We can, you know, go to our own rooms and get space. We can come together. So I just, you know, I don't ever want to take this for granted again. And that's why it's on this list of things I want to remember about this experience when it's over. Um, number five, I still really love my work. Um, 
if you're a close friend of mine um, or any of my life slash business coaches or therapists, um, you'll know that I've been just feeling incredibly burned out. And I, I think that um, a lot of people probably share this feeling with me, whether it's around work outside of the home, whether it's around your work in the home as a mother, a parent, um, a caregiver, you know, I've been so burned out. Um, I've been always thankful for my work because it pays the bills and, and, you know, sends the kids to school and, and all those things that we've, you know, have deemed important in our family. Um, but I've just been burned out. I've been still working just as hard as ever, but it's felt very laborious and burdensome. And, um, this period has really made us because, you know, kitchen table PR um, and marketing, we work with a bunch of different clients. Um, so we've had to get so creative right now because even though our clients are in a, a variety of industries from real estate to medical, to restaurant, to hotel, to nonprofit, to authors, um, you know, one thing is in co- is co- uh, commonality is that they're all consumer facing. They rely on consumers to be spending money and patronizing these businesses. These aren't business to business solutions that we represent. So, um, you know, we're taking a hit because our clients are taking a hit and, we're having to just be more innovative, more responsive, which we, if anyone's worked with us, you know, we're hyper responsive and respond within like five minutes of emails, which is kind of crazy, but that's my unicorn team <laughs> that I have. Um, but, you know, we've really had to pivot, be so strategic, think of like the most out of the box um, ideas for clients to keep them in business, to come up with new revenue streams. What are the new approaches? What are we going to do? The cadence has been crazy. Um but it's invigorated me and I'm so thankful for it and so excited about it because even though we've been doing a wonderful job for our clients um, for years, this is next level stuff. And I'm thankful for the opportunity for my brain to kick into a different gear, to be using different pathways, to be helping clients and see impact. Um, you know, we recently did a, a promotion for Mollywood Garden Design that was super successful. It came, it came to mind quickly. Um, they were so nimble in enacting it within the same day and sold out of a certain kind of product. So that's the kind of thing we're like, okay, it's working and it feels really good. And so we want, I, I don't want to ever, I mean, I know I'll have burned out periods in my life, but I don't want to easily lose this energizing moment. And I, I want to keep thinking next level. And I think it's crises like these. And I've seen a lot of memes about and posts about, you know, how, gravity was discovered during a quarantine or I think it was Shakespeare, you know, wrote some of his amazing plays during a quarantine period. So let's all use this time to stretch ourselves and think differently. And whether that means getting yourself out of fear and moving into gratitude and peace as quick as you can in as innovative ways you can, if you need to do like an inversion pose and, you know, to literally get upside down with it, like from a yoga perspective, put your legs up the wall. It's a great yoga pose too. Uh, if you need to like look at things from a different perspective, like lie on the ground, look at the ceiling, look at the sky. Like um, I just encourage you to try to just get out of your head, whether it's for business, whether it's for your family, whether it's, you know, creative recipes for cooking, make something up, like think of new sources. I'm, I think this is the time to get very, very entrepreneurial and not in bi- just in business, but in our thoughts. Let's be as nimble as we can. Let's pull each other up. Let's share ideas with each other because this is where great ideas start to happen. And um, I want to be part of that. And I want you all to be part of that too, because it helps everybody. It's like the rising tide raising all ships. Um, 
Number six is I'm thankful to work from home. Um, and I won't belabor this one. I've worked from home for a long time. This period of time right now with coronavirus hasn't really changed the way I have to work or engage with my clients too much. Um, again, it's making us pivot and think of new strategies, but the physical day-to-day logistics of my work hasn't changed. I'm super blessed. A lot of people are either out of work or having to figure out how to work from home with a lot of distractions that they're not used to or they don't have the right equipment. And so I'm just super thankful that, you know, me and my team have been doing this for a long time. We get it. If you want tips or any hacks for how to work from home, um, please approach us, approach me. Um, And also this goes for, you know, in a wider scope, the free consults we're offering to small businesses. um, We're probably best equipped to talk about businesses in the local region because we really live and breathe it. But if you're somewhere else across the country and you know I have a friend that has a small business that needs some advisement, we're doing free 30-minute consults over the phone or Skype. Um, so don't forget that that's out there too for you and your people. Um, number seven, um, I really need to be more engaged as a citizen of this country um, and the world, to be honest. Um, I've already been coming to this and you guys that have listened to my podcast or know or follow me on social have seen it. Um, I really... I guess, and I'm a trusting person. I don't want to lose that. I have a lot of faith in people and the world, and I have a lot of trust in people to do the right thing because I think most people essentially are good and want to do the right thing. And um, But I think when I'm starting to see the, some of the seamy underbelly of our government, especially at the national level, um, it's unsettling and disconcerting, and I've been too trusting. I felt like, oh, these people have, you know, they have our, our best um, – you know, our best interest at heart all the time. And now I'm looking at it and I'm seeing things about, you know, the intelligence briefing that happened at the beginning of this virus um, pandemic and the fact that senators from both sides of the aisle, both Democrats and Republicans um, that were in that intelligence briefing sold stock right after because they saw what was coming. That to me is insider trading. And that to me is a Lord of the Flies mentality And that to me is not having our best interests at heart. So they're keeping a secret from us that obviously they know is incredibly um, powerful. So powerful that they, in their self-interest, made moves for them and their families economically. Um, And again, they probably, you know, you could say, oh, what they, you know, they just wanted to avoid mass panic and a sell-off. Well, you know what happened anyway? And, you know, it's like, is there a more responsible way to communicate to us? So I feel like, and I know it's human nature, but I feel like a lot of these senators, assembly people, what have you, um, and again, this is a blanket generalization. I know a lot of good ones, too, and I voted for them. If you want to know about those ones, ask me offline. Um, a lot of these people don't have our best interests at heart, and I need to be more involved, use my voice and my vote, um, and spend and d- dedicate more of my time to spreading the word about what I believe is true and right. And what is best for this country and for, you know, the people whom I love, which is everybody. Um, and I just need to wake up. It, it, no more just kind of like I've just been like asleep at the wheel, letting things happen. I've always voted, but not super knowledgeably. This time, Alan and I and, and the kids sat down and really studied websites, um, news articles from all different sources, um, like bipartisan websites about, you know, whose record was whom uh, was what. And you know, we're really informed. It felt good. Um, and I also need to stay optimistic that my voice counts, even with the Electoral College and, and all its flaws, right? Um, 
And I do have to say that, um, uh, please don't tune out after this. And if, you know, maybe just like come back in two minutes if you have to, I'm going to talk about Trump for a second. Um, I have to say that I don't blame this virus on anybody. I don't blame it on people in China. Um, I don't blame it on people in Italy, Korea, the U S Trump, any other leader. I don't blame the virus on them. That would be like insanity. The virus is a virus. This stuff is going to be happening. We've known for years that we've had global warming. We've known for years that pandemics are happening. It's our reality, right? <clears throat> but I think what I have a really hard time with is, <clears throat> and again, I'm not saying the job's easy. I don't want that job. I don't want to be president. I don't want to be Anthony Fauci of the CDC or the um, home um, HHS, sorry, I think is the more appropriate um, acronym for what he's his organization but i just feel like you know watching the way president trump is comporting himself and i'm not saying it would wouldn't be hard to be attacked right he's feeling attacked whether that's valid or not i'm not going to say um but you know when you're the president of the united states that you're putting yourself out there for public haranguing attacks criticism i'm not saying it's right it's reality right you've got to be above that and the way he's comporting himself, attacking reporters who ask very innocuous questions, the way he's playing the blame game with, you know, and again, you can do a fact check. He did dismantle the pandemic department. He did. It's a fact. Don't argue with me. Go online. Be smart. Read up. Don't watch Fox News for everything you're learning. Don't watch CNN for everything you're learning, Right. But go online, do your fact-checking. He did dismantle that department. It has created a disastrous effect in this situation. Fact and more fact, okay? He can call it the Chinese virus. I'm not going to quibble over that. I don't like it. I feel like it's racist. But people have pointed to examples of Lyme disease from Lyme, Connecticut. They've put, pointed to examples of the Spanish flu, okay? So I'm not going to fight that fight. I'm not xenophobic or racist. Um, and maybe I should fight that battle. But what I, the battle I want to fight is we deserve better in our leadership. We deserve a president right now that remains calm, takes the situation seriously, isn't in every press conference propagandizing, playing the blame game, giving himself tons of credit where it's not due, basically lying and dissembling when he thinks or, you know, if he really thinks that we were going to be fine two weeks ago and now he realizes it, okay, but don't speak when you don't know what you're talking about. Get informed, okay? And I'm not asking him to be a pandemic expert, but I'm asking him to go to a briefing with his staff understand the situation and not make blanket statements like we're going to be fine, even though he wants to engender calm, be authentic, tell the truth. Don't dissemble. Don't be a blowhard. Don't play the blame game and don't run for office while, you know, the country's in a crisis. Okay. End of rant. Okay. So number eight, I am less than of an introvert than I thought. Okay, so people are like, you're an introvert. But the people that really know me know that I'm an introvert masquerading as an extrovert. I'm sure there are a lot of you out there. I need to be an extrovert for my job, and I love my job. But ultimately, I'm an introvert. I'm still the, like the only child that I was born that learned how to entertain herself, was super happy reading Judy Bloom um, with her headgear on in her little peach bedroom, you know, with her eyes on. You know what I mean? That that's me. Like, 
I love my own space. I need to recharge my own space. Um, I love people like with a depth that um, is just part of the fabric of my being. I love my people. I love other people and care for them, but I really need a lot of time alone. Um, But I've noticed that I really miss my friends right now. And I probably haven't been leaning in to my friendships or giving them the amount of time in real life that I want to. And texts are good, but don't count. And uh, social media posts and, you know, likes and engagement are great, but don't really count. So um, I need people more than I thought. Um, And I want to let them in more. And maybe I wasn't before because I didn't think I was worthy of it. I mean, all the usual stuff. You guys already know my psychology. If you listen to this podcast, trust issues, insecurity, Am I worthy? Do people really love me? You know, blah, blah. So um, I'm ready to shed all that. I want to lean into my friendships and I want to stay connected to all my people during this time, which I have been. And I'm excited to have like more time with friends after this, this time, like quality time together. I want to invest more in my friendships and I want to thank my friends for hanging in there with me all these years and maybe not getting as much of me as they deserve. I don't want to forget this. Um, number nine. This is a really one I've been working on a lot. I don't know how you all feel about it. I always chase busy. I before have felt really guilty sitting still. And again, not because I need to be running a marathon. Everyone knows I wouldn't even run a marathon if you chased me with a knife. Um, but more like if I'm not productive in some way, even if it's like silent, like sitting and, and writing ideas or you know, I feel guilty. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not allowed to relax. And then if I relax, the thoughts intrude, right? Um, and if you saw my post earlier, um, maybe it was actually last week, you know, I have clinical OCD. I am medicated. I've worked through it a lot. Sometimes it crops up. Right now it's been cropping up. But it, it kind of drives me to like not want to be alone with my thoughts. And I think the more I face up to my thoughts and my fears, the more I process them. And I've been doing it for years, but right now is a really good flooding exercise uh, for being a hypochondriac. Um, And I think the more comfortable I get with myself, the more I can be still and let myself rest and let myself reflect and let myself just be versus do. So this is a real work in progress. I don't know if any of you, I mean, I, I see a lot of you on social media that I feel might suffer from the same condition where I feel like you're always go, 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 do, do, do. I don't see you stopping work a lot. I don't see you staying home by yourself a lot to reflect. I see like a a lot of like really packed social and work calendars just by, just tangentially by observing you on social. Um, And that may not be a true reflection. We all know social is is its own um, branding exercise. But, you know, I would challenge you right now to as uncomfortable as it can be just to be a human being and not a human doing right. And it's hard and I'm still doing a ton. I mean, work has, is probably, you know, as I see people wondering, what am I going to do on, you know, on this, in this time, I'm like, Oh God, you know, um, I'm kind of thankful. I have more work, even though some clients are having to press pause and I'm dealing with that kind of fear trying to stay in abundance. Um, you know, we have a ton of work for our clients that are sticking with us because it's like things are changing moment to moment. There are a lot of new ideas, a lot of new programs we have to put in place, a lot of communication. So I'm working overtime, like 18 hour days right now. Again, still trying to find those moments with family, trying to be still. Um, but if you do have the ability, whether your schedule's like mine right now, 
or whether it's really a, a, a reset button and a pause, try to be a human doing. It's so It can be excruciating. It sounds so weird. For those of you who have mastered it, don't laugh at the rest of us because we're having a hard time. Um, but just the more comfortable you get with yourself, the more you can just be a human being. I think I might have said it wrong before. Be a human being, not a human doing. And reach out to friends if you're struggling with it. And I'm here too. Um, number 10, I have taken so many things for granted. Oh my God. And again, first world place of privilege things. Um, like groceries you want at the store. Like if you ever thought it wouldn't be there. I mean, maybe at Thanksgiving, if you would, they'd run out of cranberry or I don't even know. Um, but like with Amazon fresh, I've been doing Amazon fresh, you know, grocery delivery for years because I'm lazy with that stuff. And I hit the grocery store. Now I love, I mean, I would love to be at the grocery store, but I'm not going to go right now. But so I've been like a fan of Amazon Fresh for years. And now I went on last night, just, you know, it's a new normal. Like I can't get them to deliver for two weeks. Usually they would be there the next morning at seven. Again, I'm spoiled, first world problems, but it's it's really an eye opener. Um, the freedom to move about when I want, where I want to go to a spin class, um, to go see friends, to go grab a bite. Um to go see a client in person. I've been taking it um, for granted a good economy. Now I realize, of course, as I look back, and again, this is some, somewhere where I don't want to be complacent anymore with my financial advisor or with you know the, the economic situation in general in our country and world. I've been just sitting back going, oh, this is a great time. Now I've looked at it and the way that our administration, current administration has handled it has also created a lot of this problem. We don't have any fluctuation right now with interest rates to really create relief because the president has been playing tricks and weird things with the economy. And yes, we've all benefited, me too. But I've been blind to the fact that while I've been benefiting, it's because he's kind of borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, not setting us up for a rainy day. And this is a pretty freaking rainy day here. So once again, need to be more of an involved citizen, need to not take the economy for granted. And also, we need to look at our economy in a different way and be like, you know what? We're all doing great, but like at what cost? We're not set up for any disaster. Like, shouldn't there be those kind of preparations? Can't we all pay a little bit more in a mortgage interest rate knowing that we wouldn't get to a day like today? I would argue that we could. Sorry, again, tune back in now. Um, oh, and I've been doing a gratitude practice as part of this. So for as many things as I've been taking for granted, every morning and night, I lay in bed and do a gratitude practice and praying. And I'm praying for a lot of people and a lot of things. So that takes a long time. But the gratitude practice takes even longer. And I often fall asleep doing it because now if I do it in total, it takes 45 minutes because there are so many things to list and so many people to pray for. Um, and wow, I mean, am I blessed or what? That that would take me that long to, to do all that work, the prayer and the gratitude. So um, if you're not already doing a gratitude practice, it's the best time to start. I can't think of a better time to start. Um, number 11, I love nature. Okay, I'm not a nature girl. I have a lot of friends who like love to camp. They love to get in the garden and just like be in the dirt, you know, and I love my garden, but like I pick out the plants and have the gardener plant them, right? I mean, that sounds so stupid, but I'm going to fess up. Um, but now I'm like, oh my God, you know, I love nature. And I've been thinking about it a lot more before this with the wildfires here in California, with the wildfires in Australia, with climate change. But I just like I had didn't really look up in my house before now, which is sad. And I'm 
you know, calling myself out. I have like rarely looked up at the sky before. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, was it blue? What what do clouds look like? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't even looking around me. Um, Now I'm taking the time to do that. And we're seeing stories about dolphins swimming where they didn't before. The sky over China, you look at the heat map, the pollution map, it's totally clear. The world's healing even a bit, right? And again, I know it's not reasonable to expect that, and it would be bad for everybody's livelihoods and economy if tourism stops, if manufacturing stops. I know it's not possible, but what can we learn and remember from this time that we can carry forth into the future? So maybe it is, wow, it felt really good to be in touch with nature, or you know what, I got a new appreciation for it, or I didn't even know dolphins could swim in the Venice canals. They used to be there. We saw them there again. Like, how do I take care of the earth better? Maybe it changes our habits. Um, Maybe it changes the way we hold companies to account with the way they manufacture, with the amount of traffic that cruise ships can can, um, handle and, and do. Maybe we have to set new controls, put ourselves on a diet of sorts, if you will, with some of the stuff. Maybe we need to be less consumer and we figure out, you know, again, the Green New Deal. Why can't we look at that about ways to create new jobs with new energy and new ways to save the earth and do things more intelligently than just go back to dirty manufacturing and a bunch of tourism and huge cruise ships, you know, docking in Venice. I mean, I think there has to be a better way. Let's not forget what this looks like and that we and that we care about it and that we love this, right? Number 12, I'm super excited to see people and communities coming together um, and helping each other all over the world. And I feel more connected as a global citizen now than I ever have. The videos of Italians singing from balconies, people have been making jokes like it's spreading more because you guys aren't far apart. You know what? They're far enough apart. They're more than six feet apart of their balconies. Um, Let's not, you know, make enemies out of these people, right? And vilify them. They're like trying to survive. And it reminds me of why I love Italy so much. And that culture is like the joie de vivre. And again, I should be able to say that in Italian. I'm saying it in French, but you know what I mean? It's like the joy for life and the love there. And I just feel like that brings me tears of joy. Seeing like a Korean wedding that was held like with social distancing. Um, Seeing yesterday a a gentleman playing his keyboard in Barcelona for the benefit, you know, on his balcony for the benefit of his neighbors and trying to spread some hope. Like this is powerful stuff. Let's not let this go after. And can we all, you know, please be less xenophobic. And again, our current leadership encourages us to be isolationist, nationalist. um, And, you know, I feel like I get what we need to close the borders to stay safe from a virus, but I feel like I think we need to be global citizens, not just national citizens. And it's fine if you want to make the argument, take care of our our people at home first. I get that. I get that. Um, but I also get that we need to all work as, as a world together. I mean, a Chinese magnate is shipping us masks for the nurses and doctors who literally are being told to wear bandanas in the operating room and in ICU because we don't have enough masks. Thank you, China. You know, and again, if they suppress information about this virus, that's not good. We need to hold them to account. But we can't blame all of China, right? And we can't write off a country as a partner because of that. Like, we need to hold them to account, create better relationships so there can be authentic, transparent communication to benefit all. We need to help each other. Um, And I am patriotic because I love our country and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But I'm not a nationalist in the sense that 
It's us above and beyond everybody else. I don't think that's the right way to look at the world. And let me know if you feel otherwise, but I, I'm going to try to be receptive, but I don't think I will be. Sorry. Truth. Hashtag. Um, number 13, I am loved. So this goes back again to not probably pouring in as much to my friends as I should have before. I forgot how much love there is for everybody. And, and even for me, like sometimes maybe we get in our own little silos and we forget how much we're loved outside of ourselves, our house. Um, maybe we don't feel worthy of it. We got to stop that. We're all worthy of love um, and open yourself up to soaking in this time, this, this reaching out by friends and family, this neighbor to neighbor help as we can with social distancing. Um, there's a lot of love for you out there. And I, you know, I don't want you to feel unloved or alone ever. And um, if you are, reach out. And I'm here too um, as part of that effort. Um, number 14, it's the last one. Um, I feel like times like these really get you down to this baseline of like, who am I? You know, as you sit with yourself and you try to be a human being and get more comfortable with your thoughts and who you are and how you're moving through the world. And you're giving yourself grace for not being perfect. And you're giving other people grace and you're thinking about the world in new and different ways. And you're trying to stay in a place of calm and peace and faith and optimism and you're struggling, but you're doing it right. And you're reaching out. It just reminds me that I want to be me. Like I just want to be who I am. And I think I want everyone else to be who they really are too because that is when we all show up as our best selves and that makes the world like a ton more magical and joyful and hopeful than us pretending to be something we're not right because when we fool ourselves and pull all these different veils over ourselves to protect ourselves from real and imagined foes right um we're just distancing ourselves and right now we have to physically distance ourselves but i would argue that I don't want you to distance yourself from love, from caring, um, from emotions, from expressing yourself, from your true genius, from your ideas, from your quirkiness, um, from your unique qualities. Like, let's pull off some of these veils. They're not protecting you. They're just keeping you apart. And now that we see what it's like to be apart, it's excruciating. And I think we're all dealing with it in different ways, but like, why would we go forward after this time with any kind of distance unless mandated for safety and health um, between each other? Like, what's the point of that? That is so fucking useless and a waste of time. We need to be who we are. We can't be distant from ourselves. Don't be distant from your own heart, from your mind, from your people, from your government from your um, work, you know, your, your coworkers, your family, this is the time to like, let's just be as close and connected to ourselves and others as we can. So don't worry about how you look, how much you weigh. If you're wearing the current fashion, whatever that means. Again, I support the fashion industry. I don't like that. It, you know, it's one of our biggest polluters. Let's fix that. But I want everyone to have a job. So keep creating and wearing fashion, but like, do you, don't worry about doing the cool thing. Um, don't hold back expressions of love and support for people when you're feeling it. I would say like almost get into a Tourette's mindset. If you're feeling like, oh my, you want to say I, lo I love you or I appreciate you or like I'm scared or I'm happy, just spit it out. Don't filter it. We don't need any more filters. You know, we need masks. 
I guess they're N95 masks to filter air for people that are on the front lines of this virus, the nurses and doctors that we're so thankful for and the grocery workers and the deliverers and all those people. But we don't need filters. We need to be like saying it, doing it, loving harder, having our voices, getting bigger, even if you gain a few pounds, get bigger in your heart, get bigger in your mind, get bigger in your soul, get bigger as a community member. Um, let's grow, guys. We've got, we have to keep growing. We have to be, keep giving. We have to keep being honest. We have to keep being authentic. Um, this is it. We're being called. Okay. So we're being called right now to stay home as much as we can. We're doing it. If you're not doing it, do it. I can't even say it enough. Um, but we're also being called to be better and we can be better and we will be better. We've, we have to be better. So we've got all, we've all got a hand in that too. So stay safe, stay healthy, stay open. Don't close off right now. Don't get Lord of the flies. Don't hoard stuff. Don't, it's not every man for himself, right? We can't be thinking that way. It's every man for each other. We have to love each other, be kind to each other, love ourselves. And I know we can do it. And I love you guys like with so much love and care I'm praying for everybody here. Um, I'm sending you all of the highest frequency vibrations. If you believe in that, I do. So stay on a high frequency, um, lots of love and reach out to me, please. I would love it. It would be such a gift to me any way you can touch, touch base. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, everybody. Stay well.